The Distraction, hosted by former Deadspin writers Drew McGarry and David Roth, is a new sports podcast coming from Defector and Stitcher. Join the guys and their guests as they break down the week in sports while addressing their fair share of off-the-field issues. Whether it's discussing NBA players getting testy in the bubble, Bill Belichick cutting 80% of his roster just to keep himself interested, or horrifying takes from sports talk radio that need to be broken down, Drew and Roth are ready to serve you some hot sports action. But do stick around for a few extra distractions. You deserve them. Listen and subscribe to The Distraction, a Defector podcast, right now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Maybe I'm crazy, but I am always reclining my seat on an airplane. You can hate me if you want to. Most people do already anyway. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. I'm playing injured today, so that's why I have these um, heating pad things in my hand, which are not really even hot anymore because I've been using them all day. I have um, a texting injury, so I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what it's from because it's definitely not from doing anything athletic. Um, but I woke up this morning and my hand wasn't working. So I, I'm pretty sure it's from using my phone. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not ambidextrous. So I'm trying to use my left hand, but it's not really working. And I'm in a, I'm in a considerable amount of pain, which is why I'm holding these things. So that's what this is. We're gonna have Rob Latal from Black Sports Online and TMZ Sports on the show today. So we'll talk a little bit about some of the trending topics and controversies in sports right now. And also a little bit about his website and how he got on TMZ, which is Pretty cool story. And we're also going to talk about Joe Burrow, the Astros scandal, All-Star Weekends, clearly the reclining the seat controversy. Um, Mike Trout is mad. Mayweather is mad. It's leak season. The NFL is trying to expand the season to 17 games. Why I think that's a bad idea. And lots of other stuff. Um, but let's get started with Rob Latal. All right. Very excited to have Rob Latal from Black Sports Online and TMZ Sports on the podcast. Um, we've been we've been friends for a while now, yeah, so I'm very absolutely. excited to have you in. Um, lots of stuff going on around uh, sports right now, especially with Usually kind of a slow time. It is, but not anymore. No. <laughs> not these days. No, not these days. 24 hours of news, which you know everything about. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get into everything that's going on, um, I've been following your website for a long time now. Um, how did you How did you start it? Like, what made you mm-hmm. want to get into? Because you're kind of in a, in a cross-section of entertainment and sports with your website. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you got that, all that started. Well, you know, when I was a youngster, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to be a rapper. <laughs> okay. Yeah, went by uh, Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I was in college at the Ohio State University, oh, oh, you got to make those. sure. Yeah, I definitely want to There's only one the, and yeah. it's the U, but uh, okay. Here we go, here we go. Okay. But when I was in college, I studied journalism. I always wanted to be in a reporter like uh, Stuart Scott and Dan Patrick, Keith Oberman, uh, Craig Kilborn. Those were my guys. So I wanted to be like, you know, the broadcast type of guy. But when I got out of college, you know, things sometimes don't work out the way that they, uh, that you want them to work right. out. And, you know, back then, that's when the internet was kind of coming up and everything. And I was like, all of the websites or the blogs that they, they called them at that time, you know, they had no, for lack of a better term, soul. They, they really wasn't into the culture. Right. Uh, wasn't a lot of people in the space that looked like me. Uh, a lot of times bloggers at that time, it was very much secretive. You know, oh, they're in the mom's basement and all of this <laughs> stuff talking about sports. So I was like, you know something? I want to start a site, first off, that will give minorities an opportunity to talk about sports. But I wanted to have some flavor. I wanted to have some culture. I want to be front-facing. 
Um, and that's where we came up with the concept of Black Sports Online. It was like, we want to do a site where, you know, just kind of, I kind of took the the inspiration from BET, right. you know, or HBCUs. Like, I wanted to do, be in the space, uh, but not be ashamed of, you know, who I was and what I was talking about and giving it that entertainment type of flair. And that's really what the goal was from the beginning, was to give people like myself who really didn't fit into the media world, uh, a place where we could talk about sports, talk about entertainment, talk about music and hip hop and how it all bridged together. And, but not be, but to be cool, you know, not to be seen as people that are like, Oh, you know, you, the reason that you talk about sports cause you couldn't play or anything like that. And that's really what my goal was from the beginning was how do I give other people opportunities that look like me, but also how do I get my voice and opinions out on these topics where the athletes are 70, 80% black, right. but the media at that, you know, at that time, or even kind of now is still majority, you know, white males. So I wanted to give that kind of that cross section of things that we've seen happen later on. I started that years and years ago. <laughs> and I mean, you've been to a lot of huge events. Mm -hmm. um, I think I remember you being in Miami, right? Mm -hmm. During, during the, the big three era, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I was working in Miami. Mm -hmm. then. So, um, what's, what's been like the coolest experience, like the coolest thing you've gotten to cover or be a part of since well, you started? You know, the thing that's always been the most important to me was getting those opportunities. I never wanted to be the guy that was just behind the computer. Cause I always felt like it's a little soft to do that. Mm -hmm. You're doing, you're writing these stories, you're talking about these guys and you're you not, never have to see him face. You to have face. to see him face to face, and I thought that was kind of fake. I didn't feel like that, so you know, I would try to get into these events, and it was difficult as independent, you know, media. And I think the big thing for me was getting to the NBA finals, yeah, uh, as credential media. I mean, because the Super Bowl sometimes they just kind of let everybody in at times, but to get to the NBA finals and to be able to ask a question to LeBron James and have LeBron say, "Hey, that's a pretty good question," and then actually answer it, you know, Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, you know, Kevin Durant. Those guys, that's really been the biggest type of thing for me because then, you know, you're on TV, everybody's seeing you, you get to acknowledge your brand, you get to say it really strong, your voice. This is Robert Littow from Black Sports Online. It's like, that's a big deal. You know, it legitimizes yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, it's a, sure. it's, it's a big deal. So that really was kind of the, the changing point where I think people – stop looking at us as, hey, just a site that just talks about entertainment or gossip or something like that. It's like, hey, these guys are in the building talking to these players, getting us information, showing us another side of media. And I think it was kind of an inspiration for, for people. And so that's always the, the most proudest things for me. And now you're also on TMZ Sports. Right. How did that come about? So it's interesting. You know, that came about is a lot of times people would call me the black TMZ. <laughs> They're like, oh, you like the black TMZ? And I'm one of those type of people that takes criticism mm -hmm. and says, ah, you know, I flip it on you. You know, you all, I don't. You take it as a, a people may say that's an insult. I would take it as a compliment. I'm like, hey, they're pretty popular. A lot of people know. Yeah, who they maybe, are. I, maybe I will go. They have a TMZ. lot of brand, you know, recognition. And so when they were doing their TMZ sports show, uh, one of the things that when they came to me, um, I told them, I said, well, you know, if I'm going to do TMZ, I still have to be Rob. I still have to be Robert from BSO. I can't be somebody that I'm not. And their thing to me, and I thought was the main reason that I accepted it, was they're like, we want someone like you. We want someone that's going to challenge us. Uh, we want different representation. So when we are talking about these stories, because a lot of their stories, and I deal with racial issues and things right. like that, you know, we want someone on the show that, you know, maybe we're not seeing things from uh, a different perspective, because, you know, we're just two white guys that never had to experience this, Evan and Mike Havcock. Um, 
And that's why I was like, yeah, I think that's a good thing because people watch TMZ and they feel like, hey, maybe it's one-sided or whatever the case may be. But if they watch me on TMZ Sports, they say, well, they have Rob in there. So, you know, to tell us a, a different perspective and he's being himself and everything, I think it just broadens my audience and also broadens their audience. Yeah, you, you got to have diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's get into a little bit of mm-hmm. some of the sports controversies that's going on right now. All baseball players are freaking out right. <laughs> about the Astros cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. I have my own opinions about this, but uh, do you think that the commissioner was too light on the punishments for the Astros? Oh, yeah, he was soft on them. I mean, I'm not exactly sure why, but he was there. I mean, they got caught. They got caught cheating. But I think the commissioner was like, if I suspend them or whatever it may be, then people are going to be like, well, why do they still have the title? You know, it's, it's one of those type of situations. I personally don't think they should apologize because if you cheat and you win and you still get to keep your title, what are you sorry for? Well, I mean, I think you can be embarrassed. Like, I think Mm. you can have been embarrassed. To me, this is not the NCAA, so, Mm. you know, you're not going to vacate titles. And and look, like, it's once you set a precedent of that, Mm. it's it's glass house, it's Mm. it's sin measurement. You know, what do you do about the steroid era? What do you do about greenies? Mm. Um, You know, what do you do about Pete Rose? Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's never ending. Right. Because cheating is associated with baseball. Exactly. So, to me, I I would like to have seen him suspend some of the players, Mm -hmm. but it's probably harder to prove which players were cheating as opposed uh, Look, we know players were cheating because the front office doesn't play the game. Right, exactly. So we know players were cheating. Mm. This is not rocket science, but to determine which players were mm. cheating. But don't you think it's a little bit glass house for all these players to be coming right. out so strong? Like, you ain't never still stole a sign before? Yeah, I mean, like you said, cheating in baseball goes all the way back to the to the Black Sox, you know, days and everything. It's just Which was what? 1917? Uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, we're talking over 100 years. I think what the Astros' problem really is is that they keep, just like any type of cheater, when you try to explain it, and you try to rationalize yeah, just it. Say and keep sorry. Right. So when Atuve's and they said, oh, you know, he had a tattoo, or, you know, his wife said he shouldn't do this, it just makes it, you know, when you lie, the, the, it's not the first lie that gets you, it's the second and the third when you're trying to lie on top of it. So they're not helping their cause. And I think if they would just sincerely say, hey, we cheated, you know, we thought everybody else was doing it, so we were doing it. And sincerely, then I think people would move on. But I think the fact that they keep making excuses is what's really pissing everybody else off. Well, I think it's, it could go either way. I'm with mm. you on that. It's mm. not the first lie. It's when you start you start mm. adding on the extras. It's like when little kid you kiss a little kid, and he's right. like, well, then, then the sky, the sunlight thing, and then the <laughs> curtains, and then Uncle Uncle Johnny, he has look Mountain right. Dew. And it's like, what are you talking about? about? Like right. I, you're holding the cookie in your hand, mm. right? I can see the cookie, mm. and then the crumbs are on your lips. We know you ate the cookie, but. To me, I, I, I feel like you just do the Patriots way, like, and just say we did it. Yeah, it's the, the cover-up is always bigger than the crime. Right. You know, you, once just, you got Just caught, say nothing yeah. or just say you're sorry. But right. all this middle stuff, like, I thought the press conference was embarrassing. Yeah. Um, you, you're trying to go soft on yourself. Like, look, we all know you cheated. You got punished. Mm-hmm. So we know it happens. So just move on. But I, I just feel like it's a little bit hypocritical mm-hmm. from, from the other players and other teams coming out so strongly about it. it just It is what it is. Um, so All-Star was this weekend. Yes. I saw you out there. I went to Chicago. Time. I yeah. went to Chicago only for Saturday. Um, I would work on Friday, and I can't handle that Chicago cold. I'm not built for it. I'm just not. I grew up in Pittsburgh. I was a long time ago. I'm an old person now. Um, I spent the last ten years in Miami and four in LA. I'm not built for Chicago winter. So one day is all I could do. But it was a really fun night. So I personally like Saturday night more than Sunday yeah, night, right. generally, mm. because the All Star game is usually not competitive. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a spectacle. It's not really interesting. Mm. The actual game. 
the dunk contest, the skills competition, three-point contests are more fun to me. Really get to see the celebrities that are there. Mm -hmm. Everyone is kind of having a good time. Right. It's competitive, but not to the point where there's like any kind of animosity. Mm -hmm. But there was a little controversy in the dunk contest. Yeah. So did you think that they, first of all, did you think Aaron Gordon won? And do you think it should change the scoring system? Or what do you, what do you so, think they should do so to change I'm, it? So I'm in the minority because I actually think that uh, Derek uh, Jones won the round before. Right. I thought the round before is really where they messed up. Where yeah, I agree. Aaron, Aaron Gordon did a dunk that I didn't think was a 50, and they gave him a 50 for it. I think they were trying to overcorrect. Mm -hmm. they, they knew that they had messed it up. So they're like, okay, we're going to go ahead and, and make it even. But you can't dunk forever. Like, I mean, I know we want to see it, but you can't have like 150 dunks. So I think the judges were just terrible. Like, the dunk judges have been bad. They're like American Idol judges. Like, they're not really good at what they do. You know, it's like Peter on The Bachelor. Like, they're just not good at picking things and stuff like that. It's just... <laughs> It's frustrating to me. I think they should have like uh, maybe more a computerized system or something decimal points. I think they should have. Yeah, yeah, I think they should have decimal points. Yeah, yeah. So like have points to kind of even it out more. And yeah. I also think that they should incorporate some sort of fan fan voting. voting. Yeah. I don't know how you could calculate that that quickly. Mm. Or just have only players. Like, yeah. I'm cool. Like, mm. it's fun to see Chadwick Boseman, you know what I'm saying, in common. Obviously, like, we love those guys. Can't but, trust like, the Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just want to see people that have, like, dunked, you yeah. know? Or, I would have like, preferred Killmonger, personally. I think he would have um, judged it better. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about Killmonger. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. for the villains, too. I'm a, I'm a villain. I'm a villain guy. But, yeah, I think they should they should change up the scoring system. Yeah, now, I, listen, Heat Nation, gang, gang, Derrick Jones Jr. won. Mm. But I, I did feel like I'm with you. I think he won the round, the round, round before. Yeah. What did you think of the actual game? I thought it was good. I, I like, you know, I know a lot of people like, oh, new formats and stuff like that. But the whole thing is to make it more competitive. Right. And I think actually having the kids, like, on the court, like, real close because the kids were like, listen, I'm trying to go to college. <laughs> right. You know, I'm trying not to have any student loans. So right. they were, like, really into it. And if you're, like – you know, Giannis was like, hey, I want my kids to go to college. And LeBron was like, well, I don't want them saying that I didn't, you know. So they, I think they gave them a little incentive, to, except James Harden. He was like, I don't care about anything that's going on right now. <laughs> he wasn't playing hard at all. But beyond that, I thought it did give them a little more incentive. You know, you're playing for charity. You're playing for the kids. The kids are right there in front of you. And I thought the last, what I guess what minutes, but the last, you know, part of that game where they were trying to get to the 24 to get up to it was some of the best competitive all-star that I've seen. Yeah, I thought it was the best I've ever seen. Like, I've, really? I don't I, remember an all-star game being the, that the, competitive. The only one that I remember that I would say, and I was a kid, was the Magic Johnson one when he when he came back after the HIV, just yeah. from a memorable standpoint. But, like, a competitive, I think I'm right, which I don't think one was more competitive than this one. It, I love the changes. Mm. I hope that they keep mm. it. I think they will because everyone's had a really good response to it. So you mentioned Harden. Mm. Russ and Harden are on the cover of GQ <laughs> um, for fashion, and mysteriously, <laughs> Russ is missing a shirt. But um, I'm a big Westbrook fan, so he can do whatever he wants. But uh, what did you see the shoot? I did, looking like Outcast cover. Yeah, right. it is a little bit of Outcast. It is an Outcast cover. That yeah. is a good comparison. Yeah. There's a little, a little touch of Outcast in there. So in the article, uh, they're talking about how much money they spend on clothes, mm -hmm. and we were talking about this on the herd today. Um, that. So apparently, allegedly, Harden spends about $500,000 a mm. year in clothing. Now, when you think about it, it sounds like a lot. Like Jeremy's reaction, <laughs> it sounds like a lot, right? $500,000. Right. But, and listen, uh, I don't know how much you make, mm. but I don't make $500,000 a year to spend well, on you clothes. Should, you should. I agree I yeah, should. Okay, let's, let's talk to some bosses I after agree. this. I agree. Actually, double that. But, <laughs> but he makes $4 million a month. Right. Estimate. Right. Okay. Mm. 
so it's like 40 million a year yeah. with his salary yeah, and Adidas contract and whatever. Salary. So let's say conservatively 4 yeah. million a month. Okay. So 500,000 a year is really not that much money when you think about it. You know something? Not for somebody who specifically spends money on fashion. I agree with you, but I'm just surprised that he pays it all. Because I've always known famous people and really like, like, I don't think Beyonce pays for clothes. They want her to wear it because I think it's like, hey, it's Beyonce wearing it. Everybody else is going to. I, I always thought that rich people get a lot of free stuff. I mean, <laughs> I, I think they do, but not all of it. Like, not like, <laughs> like Gucci is going to be Gucci whether Harden wears okay, Gucci or you. not. Uh, Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton. Uh, you know, East Saint Laurent, like mm. they're, they're gonna be those, they're gonna be those designers mm. whether Harden wears it or not. Now, I think for like, you know, I don't know how it works for big events and right. stuff. Maybe they, you know, yeah, loan them yeah. or gowns or whatever. Mm. I'm sure they're not ba buying hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollar gowns. Like, there's something to that degree. But yeah, I don't think he's like Louboutin's just like but sending him. Man, but half a million is. I, even though he has it, it's not even so much that. It's like, look, first off, do whatever you want to do with your, your money, uh, as long as you don't end up like Adrian Peterson. But, I mean, he's but, not married. I mean, yeah, he doesn't right. have any kids <laughs> you know. that we know of. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem – it seems like very low. Well, For somebody who's on the cover of GQ as like mm -hmm. a, a fashion mm -hmm. icon, that feels low. You know what gets me, though? Like most of the most expensive stuff is ugly. Like, like you know, it's it's. I, see, I mean, like, I guess ugly is relative. Like, I couldn't yeah. walk in here with a feather vest. Vest. <laughs> I mean, think like, everyone would be see, like, "Oh, okay." Like, when we were at Super Bowl, did you see like Floyd Mayweather in the 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 Louis Vuitton? It looked like he had luggage on his on his. Oh. Uh, yeah, and that's like a that's like a seven thousand dollar like thing. Like for him, like you said, it's like seven bucks. Right. It's like, yeah, it's it's not even about the price. Like, it, I don't. It, the to me, it's always been the brand doesn't matter. Like to me, like if it's how does it actually like look? look yeah. Like like you five dollars, five hundred dollars, five thousand dollars. It really doesn't matter to me because like like I always tell my wife this. Like when she gets outfits and stuff, I'm like, you make the outfit. You got a paper bag on, look good to me. You know, so but it's she's like not dressing for you. No offense. Oh wow, really? No. <laughs> Women, we're not really because because literally you don't care. Like you don't care what she wears. She's gonna look great in everything, uh, like, right? Right. Yeah. Well, so so right. like women, we don't. The, the the common misconception with women is that we dress for men. Mm. If we dressed for men and we were single, we would just wear the least amount of clothing possible <laughs> that was legal, right? right? Facts. Right, right. All right. And if we were dressing for men who were in a relationship, we would just wear whatever it is you like. Mm. Like, okay, you like this dress? I'll just wear this mm. dress every night. But we're not dressing for you. Mm. And we're not dressing for the men when we're single. None of you guys matter. Oh, we don't like, matter. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, in the, I'm saying this in the kindest way possible. And oh, I'm not course. speaking for your wife. I'm <laughs> speaking for, for me and Tia I don't know your wife. And I'm, I, I would venture that she probably would agree with me. Women, <laughs> we do things for us. Mm. Like, I don't need to get my nails done. I get my nails done because I want my nails I done. I see, okay. None of you will notice if I have my nails done in here, except for T. <laughs> like, that's it. She's the only one who's going to notice. You guys are not going to notice if I have my nails done. You're never going to look. If I have a different color tomorrow, the only one who's going to notice tomorrow is going to be T. That's it. Well, I would say this for the fellas out there. Given the if fellas, pay attention, though. Uh, trust me, you want to pay attention to these type of things. You because may pay attention, but it's not going to change how you feel about a person. I know, but I'm saying it. I think that if 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 you are in a relationship or you want to be in a relationship with someone, noticing what the the young lady likes or what she does for herself can only be beneficial for you. As no, that's to, fair. That's as that's opposed true. to not. So if you get your nails done, you get your dress and everything, and and you like you may be doing it for you. 
But as the guy, if you're just like, oh, she's just doing it for her and just don't pay any attention. Yeah, no, that's not smart. Yeah, Usually okay, right, right. Yes, yeah, like, you want like, to acknowledge the effort. I'm just trying to get the fellas. I don't want them to go out of here and think, oh, well, nah, I don't have to pay attention. No, it's not no, for me. No. The, the, goal, <laughs> the goal for a man is not to pretend like you care less. <laughs> that's not, that is not the direction I'm steering you in at all. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, okay, so... I mean, I'm of the I'm of the Larry David uh, uh, fashion school, which mm. is which is wear one expensive thing. Like that's that that's his that's his mentality, mm. and I and I couldn't agree more. Less is more. One expensive thing, mm. and the rest doesn't really matter. Well, I got this Versace robe. That's my thing. My thing is the Versace robe. Got you it. wear a Versace robe I, around I, the house? I do wear my right, wife got it for me for Christmas. Oh, right? that's so, very nice. So I wear my Versace robe around the and I feel like the king of the castle. What <laughs> is it about robes? If you if you wear a robe uh, in the house, it's like you're fancy. Yeah. I love my robe. Yeah. I wear it every day. Hop out the shower, do what I need to do, pop that robe on, and I'm living a life of luxury. If you have the right robe, yes. I think it gives you like a little level up. It does. It makes it? you feel like a little 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 something. Yes. I think for me, it's all like wrestling. Like when Ric Flair, right? Would come out in his robe. Right. Like, I'm like, hey man, it's this Ric Flair. Hugh you know? Hefner. Yeah, wore Hugh a Hefner. Robe. It's something it's about like the you robe. You gotta be a little gangster to wear a robe. You just walk around and yeah, yeah. I, I, but I, if I'm you a... wear it out the house, it's trouble. <laughs> then yeah, you look like you don't no, have no, it together. Okay. Well, I will take the trash out with the robe on just so the neighbors can see. <laughs> That's fair. That's smart, actually. Yeah, I like yeah. that move. I like that move. All right, so we're coming up on the second half of the NBA right. season. Um, there's been a couple surprises. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies, kind of the NBA darlings right now. Thunder have been heat, pretty yeah, surprising. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what team to you has been the most surprising, or what team are you most interested in? Not the top level teams that we knew were going to be there, mm. but the ones that are kind of emerging. Like no, the Heat. I, I, you know, I did not think Jimmy Butler was the type of guy that could carry a team or be the the face. You know, one man type of thing. I know, I know it's not a one man team, but I think I, I I I underestimated the culture of Jimmy Butler. I think a lot with basketball is your leader, how you respect him, how you follow him, how he works, and everybody. And I think when he was talking about the T-Wolves, he's like, I can see it. They don't have it, right. whatever that is. And he got to, to Miami. These guys are hungry and young, and they have it. And I think they're a threat. And I think that's the difference between, like, a Heat and, say, a Sixers, who have, I would say, more talent, but they're all over the place, you know, with, with stuff. I think you, you care more about Kendall Jenner. You care more about, you know, winning the title. So I think that that's really the, the thing, the heat of really the team that I kind of look out for. I think it's, it's interesting you say that because I think teams like like the Heat, um, like the Spurs, mm-hmm. kind of like the Lakers too now that I feel like they've gotten back on track. Good organizations, even like the Patriots, they they don't just go for talent. Right, they go right. for guys that fit mm. into what they do. Mm. And that's why they have sustained culture mm. and sustained success because they, they're not just picking talent and picking, oh, this guy's right. fun or just, like, mm-hmm. shooting well right now. Like, you need a guy that has the same mentality of what you do. And, like, mm. that's what Pat Riley is. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love the Heat. I mean, I love the Heat always. But, like, I really like the, the way that mm. this team is set up and their mentality. So, speaking of the Patriots, there's a lot of rumors about Tom Brady. So there's a rumor recently that he bought a house in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Rich people buy properties all over the world (laughs) all the time. Las Vegas Mm. is going to become a place where people need mansions. (laughs) Like, Mm. not that they don't already, (laughs) but there's a lot of of millionaires (laughs) moving to Las Vegas very soon. So it's not a bad place to buy up uh, some real estate Mm. if you're into that. But it's probably what Tom Brady did Mm. if he did buy something there. Do you think he leaves New England? I don't think he leaves. I want him to, though. Me too. Because it's just more interesting. You yeah. know, I'm all about chaos. Like, yes, put Tom Brady I, I root for anarchy. Yeah, yeah. Put him with John Gruden and Tom Brady in Las Vegas. I would love that. I think the NFL would love that. I think, you know, he, he's been with 
the Patriots and Belichick for so long. I think both him and Belichick want to feel like, hey, we can show people we could do it without each other. Little Kobe, Shaq type of, you know, situation where I think, like, they get kind of equal credit, but I think each of them feels like they don't get enough, you know, credit. Even though they both consider, like, the GOATs in their profession, I, I, I think, you know, I think someone like Bill Belichick is like, hey, give me Marcus Mariota, and I'll show you I can still win a, you know, a, a championship. You know, give me Teddy Bridgewater, and I can win a championship. Then I'll really be the GOAT. And Tom Brady's like, hey, I think people think I'm connected to New England. What if I go to the San Diego or Tennessee or Las Vegas? And even it reminds me of Joe Montana when he went to the Chiefs. Like, he didn't have to win a championship. The Chiefs were horrible back then, and he got them to the playoffs. And they're like, hey, Joe Montana is not just a product of Bill Walsh. So right. I want him to leave, but I don't I don't think he will. Though. I'm <laughs> kind of with you, though. That's that's why I think he will leave because, mm. um, you know, there's the, there's the egos to deal mm. with. And I do think there's a lot of who gets credit for the Patriots dynasty. Mm. Is it Brady or is it Belichick? And I think depending on who you're a bigger fan of, I think people who are not necessarily Patriots fans mm. are think it's Belichick and people who are Patriots fans think it's more Brady. Mm. Um, but I do think that there is something to, I, we, they both want to prove they can mm -hmm. be successful without each other. Obviously, Belichick has a little bit longer to do that, we're assuming, than Brady, because Brady's right. career is going to be over yeah. within the next two years. Mm -hmm. For sure. I'm with you on the anarchy. I do think it would be great for the NFL. Mm. It's a complete heel turn absolutely. from Brady, yeah, absolutely. which makes it so interesting. I, I don't know if it will be successful <laughs> but because you're going to a division that is not an easy division. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing that gives mm. me pause. Like, do you really want to go up against Mahomes? And you got to change everything. Twice I mean, a year, like start over. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's kind of a strange situation. that I see him more with the Chargers. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, same division, but division. like more, I think there's more talents and more stable situation. Stable, right. But a little bit less interesting. Mm. Um, okay, so finally, before we let you go, I don't generally get into too much uh, Antonio Brown talk on, hey, on the B, podcast. A whole lot of money. <sighs> yeah. I got a whole um, lot I of money. I used to, but then it gets kind of spiraled <laughs> yeah. to the point where it's mm. like, I don't, I can't keep track mm. of this anymore. Do you think that, so I guess the latest is, I mean, I literally have removed myself from mm. following the story. Um, the latest is he's he's rapping now, or someone, yeah? Yeah, yeah okay, he's rapping. Mm. He's, he's rapping now? now. Yes, he's okay, rapping. Um, there he is, rapping. Okay. Uh, the, the no more uh, so, white women 2020 that that didn't last. That, so it's not a, it's not a it's yeah, not a white it, free 2020. No, no, he's he's back with the 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 baby mama. You know the one that they mm -hmm. were all the drama was. They're back together. They were at the Super Bowl at Live on Sunday and oh, everything. I was so, not at Live on Sunday. Yeah, so he he that that lasted to Black History Month. So I okay. guess yeah, so, so, it, so it lasted a month. <laughs> yeah, it a lasted month. a month. And, um, uh, Thirty-one days. Yes. Okay, so. Do you think that he ever plays in the NFL again? Yes, I, I do. You I think, do? I, I don't think he does. I think talent overrides everything, and there was nothing to show that he was, like, you know, talent-wise that anything has changed. And he's on the redemption tour. And if you got talent and you say, I'm sorry, enough times, they'll take you back. But didn't he do the sorry tour already? He did, like, four or five times, right. and he changed his mind every time. But this time, to be, to be fair, it's lasted two weeks. So <laughs> if he can if he can maintain it, you know, I, I honestly think that the getting arrested was kind of a scared straight moment because I think sometimes you think you're untouchable, right? You think you're the Teflon Don, and then you go to jail for just a day, and I think all of a sudden I think his mentality was like, hey, you know, all of this can be taken away from you very quickly. These, you know, but he, I mean, he doesn't feel that way based off of yeah. the fact that he's. He, I mean, Roger Goodell is the one who has to decide if he's going to play again yet. Yeah, I think I think. 
I think he's he's just so talented. Like I know I go back to that. And that shouldn't be the way that it is. No, no, no. I mean, we, we know that is, we know that's what it is. Right. But, but I just feel like even though though he is as talented mm. as he is, I just think that it's so like this. Like for it's, it's been like this for so long, long that I don't know how a team could could trust that he's going to maintain that. The real question is, would he be willing to go to a team that's not good? Because I think the teams that are good are like, we don't have to take that type of risk. Right. You know, but if let's say you, you talk about Joe Burrow. Let's say Joe Burrow goes to the Bengals or whatever. They're like, hey, we need somebody. We're bringing Antonio Brown for a year. Is he willing to – is something like that? Is he willing to really sacrifice to get back in the league? Now, that I, think I don't he, know. Uh, I think he would be willing to play with a good quarterback. Back. So, I think if it was a Joe Burrow situation, man, oh, my God. What a what an insane situation that, that would be. That would be pretty interesting. Um, I mean, Derek Carr may make me go crazy, too, if I was a wide receiver. Derek Carr? <laughs> I like yeah. Derek Carr. I, you I like Derek Carr? Yeah, I think, I think he's – I think he's good enough. I think what happened, his mm. injury was really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I think if he hadn't gotten injured in the playoffs the way that he did, I think we would think about, about his career a little differently. Yeah. But, okay, well, I'll keep that in mind. That's mm. some interesting stuff uh, on Antonio Brown because mm. I, I, I don't know if I see it. But you're right. He right. is super talented. So you never know. Chaos. Well, That's what we want. We root for chaos. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, thank Rob. We really appreciate me. it. Make mm. sure you check out Black Sports Online. Check out Rob on TMZ Sports. And you can follow you on Twitter. At BSO. At BSO. Okay. Real easy. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, guys. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and my mind. And if you head to calm.com slash sports 40, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. So with Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain or leaves. Those are nice. And so much more, like sleep stories and meditations. So for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash sports 40. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash sports 40. That's calm.com slash sports 40. LeBron James. LeBron James. With it. With it. What? With it. We about to turn up in this bitch. All right, Donnie, what am I winning or quitting today? The best all-star experience in sports kicked it up a notch this weekend in the Windy City. You had a must-see Rising Stars game, a controversial dunk contest, and new rules actually turned into new fun for the main event. Where do they do that at? Joy, you were there Saturday. This was the best all-star game experience ever. Wit it or quit it? I am going to wit it. It was. Uh, I loved it. I love Chicago. Chicago's amazing, even though it was like 10 degrees and windy, obviously. But that's Chicago in February. So winter time, yeah. Expect it is winter time. Uh, I was layered. And yeah, I wasn't outside too much. I did have to walk a couple blocks. Actually, I did something very uh, ill-advised. I walked by myself for like three blocks away from the United Center. Joy, you know better than that. I do, but here's the thing. Um, And I don't know why these facilities continue to do this. So this is just going to be my like small announcement to anyone who runs a facility like, say, the United Center or anywhere where large groups of people gather and then have to leave at the same time. 
stop trying to outsmart Uber and Lyft. Mm -hmm. So they had the, like this giant tent Uber situation. John Hill was there. It was oh. a disaster. <laughs> and you, you, you couldn't you couldn't leave. They were like keeping you hostage in the tent. Like they would you had to go into the tent. Mm, like you I literally see. couldn't walk down the street. You had to go into the tent. Yeah. And then once you go into the tent, you can't leave the tent until you show them that you your Uber is in a lane. What? So you're just like it's you're a giant group of people. You're kidnapped. Yes. Yeah. So I, I am not. I, once I've decided I'm no longer going to be somewhere, I leave, whether someone is allowing me to leave or not. So I just started walking out, and they were like, "What lane?" And I was like, "I just no. Like I'm leaving. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna keep me hostage in this Uber tent. Yeah. And by the way, can I have Lyft? I yeah, must have Uber. Requiring you. You're requiring you to have to Uber. Pay Uber. And so then I, the, the Uber I have the Lyft is there. Like I can walk out to my Lyft right now, but I can't escape this tent. So I have to cancel the Lyft, who, which is outside waiting for me to take me to my location. And then I have to call an Uber. And when I call the Uber, the Uber's 20 minutes away. So oh, I'm like, man. this is nonsense. So I just decided that it would be much easier if I just walk three blocks away from the United Center and call an Uber to that location. I see. Which You had no choice. I, I, I was forced into this probably unsafe situation. Mm -hmm. um, but I lived, so it was a smart idea by me. That's how it. I judged that. But anyway, other than that... <laughs> Well, just do it how the airports do it. Why can't they figure this out? Airports have the best setup. LAX obviously is still paying, yeah. but once you get to the Uber location, you just get a code and you just take the next car. Do 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 do. It yeah. all moves along. Like what's what's the issue? Just give us a code. Anyway, that's my small rant. Other than that, it was a wonderful situation. I thought the NBA did an amazing job. Celebs. It was high energy. The uh, uh, the Heat almost swept all of the competitions. Impressive. Very impressive. I thought for a second, Duncan had it just for like one second in the three-point contest. But yeah, overall, it was a fun experience. The dunk contest, I'll get to a little bit later. I understand the controversy. We'll discuss that. But the biggest part of the whole weekend to me was that the actual game was a success. I love the new format. I, I love that the kids were there. Yeah, I love that it was uh, an intimate situation. It felt very family with you know i mean it was showing magic right now like him talking about kobe mm -hmm. it all felt like very together um friends but also really really good competition because of the new format of the game which i think football needs to pay attention to oh yeah like we have to do something about the pro bowl this is the nba was always the best all-star all weekend i think the baseball all-star game is fun too mm -hmm. Um, I love the the dong contest. So, <laughs> like, I'm, nothing I love more in baseball than monster dongs. Major so, dongs. like, a, a dong contest is oh, oh, I'm totally here for that. Word. Um, if you don't know what that means, it's home runs. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the dong contest is fun, and the game itself is not interesting, but at least it's like you know it feels like There's a stakes. fun baseball day. There's a little bit on the line. Yeah. So that's fun. But uh, overall, NBA All-Star crushes all the other All-Star experiences. Mm -hmm. And now with an actual competitive game, it's by far the best. So Pro Bowl has to do something. I mean, the yeah. NFL is the biggest sport in the country. Figure it out. Find a way to make it competitive. This was competitive. If you have to change, take, pay attention to what they're doing, implement some rules. If the charity thing made it happen, I think it was just the urgency of getting to that score before the other team. So yeah. like to, to me, like taking away the clock was it was was the element. Obviously, having the kids there was cool too. But I loved all of it. I'm here for all of it. I hope they keep it. I think they will. And Pro Bowl has to figure out what's what's going on. Gotta with catch them. up. Yeah. All right, what's next? Ah, America's favorite pastime is back. Oh, what's that? I'm not talking about racism. I'm talking mm. about baseball. Racism's not going anywhere. As spring <laughs> training gets underway, all eyes are on the Astros for all the wrong reasons after that scandal and field offseason. Joy, fans of the MLB need to stop romanticizing their beloved sport. Wit it or quit it. I'm going to wit it. 
just please stop it. It's not, it's, it, look, first, look, first of all, baseball is not America's pastime anymore. It's the NFL. Football yeah. is America's pastime. Sorry, baseball purists. That's a reality. It's been that way for quite some time. A couple just, decades. Yeah, just, we can just check the ratings and that's going to end that discussion entirely. Not that baseball's dead, but overall, this is good for baseball. We're talking about baseball again. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Now, I know it's not uh, in a positive light, but look. The the time I remember as a child caring the most about baseball was uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Yes. And they were f***ing cheating. They were huge. <laughs> they were monsters. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, just cracking dongs, like, as far as I can see. And, again, just a, a super fun dong contest. And that was fun, and I wish they would bring that back, and that's why I'm a huge advocate for steroids. But the point is, baseball's best when it's controversial. Agreed. That's just facts. Like everyone trying to pretends like it's this romantic sport, and there's a way to play the game and the 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 greats of old and the hallowed grounds of the Baseball Hall of Fame <laughs> and the writing and it's like, ugh, it's it's a cheaters league, dog. I'm sorry. Cheating like, is it, ingrained. It's, it's it, in it the is sport. it is a vein that runs through the whole soul of baseball. Every era of baseball is riddled with cheating. Mm -hmm. And that's just what it is. And maybe you're a stand-up guy and you've never cheated. Good for you. <laughs> Congrats, bro. Congratulations. Feel good about yourself. You should. You should tell the people that care that you didn't cheat that you didn't cheat. Because everybody else is cheating. So I don't know what else to tell you. Like the, the situation that everyone's complaining, like Mike Trout said it's sad for baseball. I don't agree with the punishments. The player's not getting anything. It was a player-driven thing. It sucks because guys' careers have been affected. A lot of people lost jobs. It was tough. Me going up to the plate knowing what was coming. It would be pretty fun up there. It was a player-driven thing, okay? So they fired the, the – as they should, okay? They fired the people up top. You guys let it happen. Should absolutely be fired. Yes, the players should be suspended. There should be some player suspensions. I don't know how hard it is to prove it. Obviously, Manfred, the commissioner, doesn't want to take on the players' union, who are some gangsters, mm -hmm. and I understand that. But maybe this is a time where the players' union kind of isn't so gangster because it's needed. They do need to get suspended. I don't know which ones. Obviously, Altuve's name pops up every single time. Probably need to suspend him and just deal with it. Suspend it, and then the players' union fights back. And it gets reduced, but at least you suspended him. Right. But this whole idea that they're going to take away the World Series, I mean, get out of my face. This is not the NCAA. There is no death penalty. You're not erasing records. You're not taking away Heisman trophies. Just stop it with this silliness. Stop with your glass house nonsense. He without the first sin cast the first stone. That's the Bible. Biblical. <laughs> All right? I mean, I'm sorry. Like, you've never stolen a sign before? Why? Because you didn't have some elaborate buzzer system on your nipple that's connected to the fucking garbage can that you're better? That's effort, though. It is effort, and it's wrong, and it's cheating, and it's bad, and they should be punished, and they should yes, be fired. Yes, Absolutely. Yes. All of it. All shame, things. shame, shame. Walk of shame. Make them walk naked through the streets with the fucking bell, okay? Yes. But the point is, it's still going to be baseball, and everyone's going to be fine. They're going to throw those balls. They're going to hit them, and everyone's going to be fine, all right? And, and some of those balls are going to hit the Astros players, and they're going to get booed, and we got a villain now, and I love villains, and it's, it's really not the end of the world. But you can't start talking about you're going to take away championships and rings and all this craziness because where does it stop? Are you going to go back and erase all the records from the steroid era? I mean, are, are, are Yankees fans complaining, right? The Yan Yankees, Yankees are complaining? They are, yeah. That's what makes this weird. What? Did it, um, I'm sorry. I don't even want to say it, but like, 
We do know there were some people that got like in trouble for I'm, steroids yeah, and played yeah, for the yeah, Yankees. Yeah. They won a couple <laughs> World Series championships, right? Like we're not gonna go back because the thing is, like everyone keeps arguing this institutionalized cheating, and that's cute because it was. But those players that clearly cheated and were caught contributed to World Series championships. So what are you arguing here? Are you arguing you would have won without them? That's not the case. Because you can't do that. No. So you can't pick and choose. You can't take away championships. It's nonsense. It's ridiculous. They will deal with the shame of having a, a championship that they cheated to get. Whatever. We'll remember it or we won't. When we talk about the Astros championship, we'll be like, yeah, they cheated. Whatever. That's on them. They have to deal with that. That's so part that's, of the punishment. Like, that's, in their, that's in their soul. And to be honest with you, they don't care. <laughs> like, they don't care. They don't. Because they knew when they were winning from cheating that that's how they got that championship. All the guys that took steroids that won, they don't care either. So I know, I'm, I, know I sound very cynical and sarcastic, but I function in the real world. And in the real world, there's bad guys that do bad stuff all the time to innocent people on every single level, whether it's harsh and horrible and planet-affecting or it's you know stealing someone's stapler, okay? There's all kinds of levels of it. And it happens in sports because sports is a microcosm of society. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be punished. And I'm not saying it wasn't wrong. It was wrong, and they should be punished, and there should be player punishments. But let's not get crazy, and let's not live in glass houses, okay? Most teams, if not all, have cheated in some capacity in baseball, okay? And that's that, that's not ridiculous to say. And I really need baseball fans specifically to stop with this whole romantic stuff. Like, it's not how the game is played. <laughs> and the unwritten rules of baseball, the howl grounds. Please. What are, we, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? Every single era of baseball is had cheating. It's in the roots of the game. I don't know. Who are you to judge judge these these sins? Like, I, I don't I don't I just don't get it. It's biblical. It's biblical. Hear ye, hear ye. Joe Burrow is petty, and I'm here for it. I'm here for you, Joe. I support you. So he's going around getting all these awards and stuff because he's great, and he should be getting awards. And my hand hurts, so I have to switch. So he was asked what he thinks about going to the Bengals, and he's like, well, you know, it's a process, and they have their process, and I'm going to have my process, and there's months and stuff and things and processes and stuff to do. So basically he did not answer about whether he's going to Cincinnati or not. And listen, I am a huge advocate of him not going to Cincinnati. But Cincinnati's kind of tricky. They're kind of one of those organizations that if you say you don't want to go to Cincinnati, they might draft you anyway. Now, I don't really know how that works. Like, does he then just sit for a year and kind of force their hands? Like, I, I feel like if he does say he doesn't want to play in Cincinnati, Cincinnati kind of can't draft him, right? Because how does that work? Because everyone's going to hate him in Cincinnati, so you don't want to draft somebody that everybody hates after you said he doesn't want to play there. And then he, he might just go there and just literally not play. It, it could be a bad situation. But overall, the only people that are going to hate Joe Burrow if he says he doesn't want to go to Cincinnati are people in Cincinnati. And I'm sorry for people in Cincinnati, but you got the Bengals. And that's the, them's the breaks. Like, that's kind of how it goes. Now, he could say this and end up in Detroit. That'd be cool. That'd be dope. That'd be cool for you, Donnie. <laughs> it's better for Cincinnati in that I like Detroit more than Cincinnati. Yes. But as an organization, I don't know if that's better for Burrow. Fingers crossed. I talked about you on the herd the other day. Really? Yeah, because we were talking about um, we were talking about Matt Stafford, and I was like, "Yeah, Donnie, he's a big Stafford supporter," and I don't know why. We just had this conversation. I don't understand it. Ride or die, he's been there for. I mean, but he he's done nothing for you to, to, for that type of loyalty. 
Uh, but it's not his fault. Why are we getting into this? Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just, it's just facts, though. Like, it's just it's what it is. So anyway, I just think that I think that he needs to take his career into his own hands. I, I, I'm way higher on Burrow than I think a lot of people are. Obviously, there's not a lot of people that think he's Elway or even Eli Manning who, who did this, and it worked out very well for both of them. So... I would not be mad at him. I don't think really he would – no one would be mad at him. Like, would anyone really blame Joe Burrow for saying he doesn't want to play in Cincinnati? I don't think anyone would. He's just not going to be looked at as a bad guy for this. It's it's tough for these quarterbacks to come in and be stuck somewhere for seven years. Like it's going to affect the rest of his legacy. And Cincinnati has shown nothing over the years to, to show that they're they're into signing big free agents or, or drafting the right people or advancing their scouting process or spending any money. It, it's just – it's just not where it's at. And I'm sorry to Cincinnati, but if I'm Joe Burrow, this is what I'm doing. And I do think he has the leverage to get it done and end up somewhere like Miami, which is a much better situation than Cincinnati, or even the Chargers, which would be an insane situation for him, or the Panthers if they were willing to trade up. It's just you have to take control of your, over your career. And this idea that he has to be loyal to someone because he's from Ohio, like, so what? Like, LeBron left – He's fine. They're cool. I mean, they're not cool. Beeline's going to get fired. And it's a disaster. But they did win a championship, and I don't. I just don't think it anyone. Cleveland wouldn't even be mad at you. Cleveland would actually be happy about this because then you're not going to be in their division. So this is actually a great situation for Cleveland. So literally the only people that are going to be mad at you if you don't go to Cincinnati is Cincinnati. That's it. Everyone else is going to be cool with it and totally understand. So I, I think this is what he should do. I, I'm, I'm not ruling this out. There was a point where I was 100% sure he was going to Cincinnati and I was going to have to watch Cincinnati games. Now I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward this might happen because he's very noncommittal about it. So maybe there's something up. Maybe Cincinnati's like, mm, maybe we're not so sure about him. Maybe we are willing to trade and get like three picks and take a Justin Herbert or whoever else. I don't know. I think this draft's going to be very interesting, but I do think that just go, just go all the way. King Petty, this hat, this beautiful hat right here, this is from... New Orleans, Louisiana. It's an omen, okay? Be petty. Say you're not going to go to Cincinnati and taking control of your career. Muscle pain. I'm talking stop you in your tracks. I'll never work out again. Oh, my God. What am I going to do kind of pain? This is the kind of pain that Dr. Jason Worslands was in when he created Theragun, the deep muscle massager that's unlike anything you've ever felt. Theragun isn't a cheap massager that just tickles your muscles. Our handheld percussive device uses a scientifically calibrated combination of speed, depth, and power to release the deepest muscle tension. It's this simple. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just everyday life, you can use Theragun. Theragun is the preferred muscle recovery device for over 250 professional sports teams and is used by hundreds of thousands of satisfied customers around the world to reduce pain, increase range of motion, and soothe aching muscles. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com slash cadence. For a limited time, my listeners to this podcast get a free charging stand with purchase, a $79 value. That's theragun.com slash cadence, theragun.com slash cadence. All right, what do we have high-key low-key this week? High-key, the dunk contest was great. Low-key changed that scoring. Yeah, so there were some issues I had with the dunk contest. Um, I was there. I saw it live. I thought all the dunks were incredible. I actually really enjoyed the 
I enjoyed the second round the most, I think. Was it the second round? I'm trying to remember how they how they do it now. Whatever the one was where uh, that guy, that Khaled couldn't say his name, <laughs> uh, Pat Connaughton, did the, the tap dunk. Yeah. Like, that was yeah, fun. Because yeah. yeah. it was a reveal. Yeah. And I felt like the, the second the second dunks were all a little bit more elaborate. Um, and then obviously got down to Derek Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon. And we know Aaron Gordon, what he does. And we know Derek Jones Jr. just like flies through the air. But it's just, it, he didn't get robbed. All right. Listen, I understand he jumped, jumped over Taco Fall. I couldn't jump over Taco Fall's kneecap. Okay. Clearly. Like literally, I could not jump over Taco Fall's kneecap. And he jumped over him. And then dunked the ball. But he did hit him in the back of the of the head with his knee. So yeah. he didn't technically yeah. jump over him if we want to get technical about it. All right. And that's not taking away from the athletic feet in any way. It's a hard thing to do. Okay. But the problem is not whether it should have been Derek Jones Jr., who who obviously deserved to win, and Aaron Gordon, who obviously deserved to win as well. It's the scoring system. You can't have round scoring yeah. and then go into a, a an elimination round or like overtime rounds. For a dunk contest, you got to have half points or some other determining factor or some extra judge that hasn't judged the rest of the contest mm -hmm. jump in it. It can't be the same variables, and then this is what happens. And then afterwards, they're talking about like they wanted it to be a tie. Nobody has time for ties. Ew, no one boo, likes ties. Stinky ties. Nobody has time for ties. There's got to be a loser and a winner. That's the only thing we understand in sports, okay? <laughs> I, I, I absolutely despise ties. I don't believe in them fundamentally as a society. Ties are for losers. Tying is the same as losing. So I don't want to tie. Figure out a way to just change the scoring for the end of it, if that's what it must be. But look, like they both gave an incredible performance. I understand Aaron Gordon being mad. Yeah, I understand. I understand all of it. But the fact of the matter is, Derek Jones Jr. won, and Heat uh, Heat Nation rules. That's all there is to it. <sighs> but Loki, they do need to change the rules. All right, what's next? High key. The internet was tripping last week. Loki, I will always, always lean my seat back on the plane. Okay. Are you a, are you a seat recliner? For sure. Okay. Raise your hand if you're not a seat recliner in the room. Really? I, that's not surprising. No, yeah. Why you do that to yourself? Yeah, why? I don't want to, I don't know. Kind of common courtesy, right? You don't no, to... it's not. It's <laughs> nonsense. Uh -uh. No. Comfort. All right, Jeremy's a nice person, okay? So if, you, if, you, if you're new to the podcast, Jeremy's a nice person. The rest of us are evil, apparently. <laughs> okay, so now this video is very specific, all right? The, the, which, is, which is kind of why I feel the need to talk about this. So every <laughs> once in a while, I've got time for the internet. Last week, I had time, all right? And they were, everyone was discussing this, and I decided to give what has been consistently my opinion about this life dilemma for years because it's silliness. But this situation is unique. So this man is in the back of the plane. As we know, anyone who's flown knows that the very back of the plane seat doesn't recline, which should only be blamed on the airline because if you just scoot a seat up three inches, he could still recline his seat. Yeah, that's but true. But they choose to make these seats not reclinable because they want to save $3. Mm -hmm. So in his anger at the woman in front of him who reclined her seat, which she has a right to do, he is punching the back of her seat. Now, this is a risky move by him. Because you get a real one like me in that seat, and this is a problem, okay? He calculated this. man this. ain't flying no more. Now, I might not be flying no more either, but this is, <laughs> this is not happening. This is not going down this way. Now, how I would have handled the situation if I'm this lady is I wouldn't have reclined my seat because I know that the row behind me can't recline. So, in general, I try to not be in these seats because I book my flights ahead of time and try and put myself in a comfortable position where I'm not in this. But say you got to get in this flight last minute, whatever. We don't know what the situation was. Right. You're in this seat, okay? I'm not going to recline the seat if I'm the row in front of the last row because I know that. That, to That's me, is common courtesy, mm -hmm. right? 
Every other seat on the plane is fair game, fam. That's how it goes. And the reason for that is because they give me the option. Like, for example, I've sat next to people where I want to sleep. And this person wants to read the whole flight. So they got this bright-ass light in my face. Now, it's technically in their face, but it's still invading my space. Yeah, that's how light works. Okay, yes, light does not, yes, light spreads, okay? <laughs> it, it finds a way. <laughs> so th this light is blaring. Now, listen, I they see me trying to sleep, so they could turn that light off and not read, but I don't expect them to not read because I want to sleep. Yeah. What the, what, the, what what part of the game is that? They are provided right. a light so that they may read. Mm -hmm. They are provided events so that they may be cool. I might be cold. I don't want that vent on or that light, but that's not my seat. Now, if I want to pay for their seat, then I can ask them to turn the light and the vent off. But I ain't paying for that seat. I paid for my seat. My seat also has the option of reclining, which I will use. Now, this idea that it's like common courtesy not to recline is an, is an insane concept, which I have no time to understand and really do not care how anyone feels about me. I am entitled to that space because I paid for that space. It is my space that I paid for. <laughs> there are airlines that don't where the seats don't recline. Sly those. Spirit. Spirit. Oh. Frontier. Yes. Don't recline. Oh. Put yourself on those flights. You know why I don't fly those airlines? Because they don't recline. And if I had to in an emergency, I would fly that airline. And I would be sad that I can't recline my seat. But that's all there is to it. Then we got into the argument about tall people. So I've never booked a flight in my life where it's like short person option, okay? So I can pay less money if I'm short because I'm with that. Yeah. I'm with a cheaper seat. Yeah. If I can, because I'm short, less five space. foot two. So I don't. Cool. Fifty dollars off. I'm with that. Save mm -hmm. that. That's a that's a meal wherever I'm headed. All right. <laughs> but they don't have that option. It's all the same seats for everybody. You know what they do have? Extra space. You know what they do have? First class. They have these options for people who need more space. Okay. But if I don't have that space, I'm going to use the space that I paid for which is my regular seat with my two inches to recline, which I'm going to use. Then the argument is, well, you're hurting that person's knees. I, why am I responsible for your knees? Are you responsible for my back? Because my back hurts if I sit up straight for the entire flight. If you have, you have knee trouble, you got to get that emergency aisle or something. That's, that's not your problem. You have to. And you cannot, you cannot count on the person in front of you not reclining the seat because mm -hmm. of you. Can't rely on other people. Why is that, so, why is that not selfish? Like I'm that. selfish because I want to be comfortable, but... But it's at the cost of your comfort. But you are not being selfish for wanting to be comfortable at the cost of my comfort. Explain that. As a person who has to take Spirit Airlines occasionally, because it's, it's like that sometimes, whenever I'm on a non-Spirit flight, I take that opportunity to lean my seat back because that is a luxury that I pay for. It is a luxury. Exactly. You know somebody trying to tell me that I need to be more courteous because it's public transportation? Huh? Mm, it's no. Public transportation does not serve serve a complimentary Chardonnay. Yeah. Okay? Not Never, not once. Okay? So I don't know what you're talking about, but flying an airplane is not public transportation. It's oh, just man. simply not. That's, that's not. that's not a thing. You have been, you've miscategorized this form of transportation. Yeah. Bus, train, subway, public transportation. That's it. Airplane, not one of those things. Not available. You don't get free pretzels on the train. All right? That's, just, that's not a thing. You could. If Do you, you want them? No. Right. <laughs> exactly. So in sh in in short, or to 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 put a bow on this this non-discussable conversation because I am not moving off of it whatsoever. <laughs> stop shaming people for putting their seat down. You've paid for that space. It is not your space because it reclines. Therefore, it's the person in front of you's space. You did not pay for that space. You paid for your seat and as far back as your seat reclines. This much space. That's it. That's all you get. 
And don't talk to me about I need to ask the person behind me. Huh? I'm going to do what? No. Incorrect. I'm not asking nobody nothing. I'm, I'm reclining my seat. And nobody's talking about slamming your seat back. Okay? Nobody's being ridiculous. I'm not throwing back and breaking your computer. Relax. Okay? Not that that hasn't been done to me a million times. And I don't complain because the person in front of me is entitled to that space. Mm-hmm. Okay? I slowly put my seat back all the way. All two inches that it reclines. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Can y'all stop exaggerating about how far back these seats go? People want to act like it's a, it's a lay flat. Yeah, you're at like the Alamo Draft House. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's literally two. It literally goes from here to here. Like yeah. literally this much. Mm. You want to I, I can't. I can't with people. Anyway, so that's all. I just need to get that off my chest for the 15th time. I was arguing a lot last week. You feel better now? I mean, I don't because I feel like I feel like people really still try to shame people about it, and I just feel like it's just nonsense. It's it's really, really, it's not it's not your space. It's not, and that's my. I feel like my my best tweet about it was that if you want to buy my seat, you want to pay for my ticket, I, I will sit up straight. But you're paying for that space, yeah, because it's really my real. space. I'll accept some money to sit up straight for a whole. I will time. absolutely. I got Venmo, yeah. I got Zelle, I got yeah. Cash App. Mm-hmm. Take cash directly. Yep, options. I got PayPal. Options. All of these are available to you. Super simple apps that send money, which I will take to sit up straight. That's all. Loser power rankings. Loser power rankings. These are the losers of the week. All right, what we got in loser power rankings this week? Seventeen game expansion for the NFL. Worst idea. Ever. Yes, I think um, when I tweeted this yesterday, I think I was I mischaracterized my opinion about this. I hate this idea, <laughs> um, but I think it will happen because we've talked about it so much. So yeah. I'm allowing it to wash over me um, when it comes to inevitable changes. But I do I do not like the idea of ex- of expanding the the season to 17 games because I like the urgency of the NFL season. We talk about MLB and NBA all the time being yeah. seasons being too long. It, another game does not help the urgency of the situation, especially if you still have four preseason games. That's just too much. Mm -hmm. But this is a money grab. The NFL knows we'll watch another week of the NFL. So they're going to make another week's worth of money on it. Now, my issue with this is you can't talk about player safety and making the game better and safer and add another game. And you certainly can't do that when you don't provide lifetime health insurance for NFL players. Now, a lot of people don't know this because you would assume if you're an NFL player and you're running full speed into another human for seasons at a time that you would not have lifetime health insurance. Baseball has lifetime health insurance. If you if you make it to the big leagues for one day, you get lifetime health insurance. That's awesome. Which makes sense. One, because they've got the gangsterist union of all time. But also, if you make it to the big leagues, you've likely played in the minors for several years. Right, you put so in So you work. put in some work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, they have a great union. So they've negotiated that. Now, NBA is a little bit better. If you have three vested seasons, you get lifetime health insurance, which, which feels pretty reasonable. Yeah. I still think that they should always have lifetime health insurance. But three years, I, I, can, I can rock with three years. The NFL, you have to have, I believe, three vested years, and then you receive lifetime health insurance for five years after you retire. Lifetime for five years? No, no, not lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just insurance yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for five years after you retire. <laughs> right. <laughs> after you've played for three seasons. So to, now listen, we know the NFL's players union is not strong, and that's gotten – that. People push back on that with me all the time. Like, it's not. It's just facts. It's not. It's not a good, it's not a good union. Sorry, guys. Like, yeah. uh, it's not. It's the weakest in all of sports, I would argue. I don't know much about hockey's union, but it's from baseball, NBA, and NFL. NFL is the weakest. So if I'm the players 
there's no I mean obviously they're going to get paid for an extra week so there's no way the NFL is like pulling some fast move where they're going to expand the season and guys aren't going to get paid for that like they're yeah. obviously going to get it's just going to expand whatever deal they have now is going to expand into the extra week that's not even a thing so I'm not worried about that but they should absolutely receive lifetime health insurance guaranteed lifetime health insurance for whatever amount of year, vested years or three years or whatever in the league that has to be a conversation that's had anyway in the new CBA, which I hope that they get. But absolutely, if they're going to expand to 17 games. And, and just for the record, not that my opinion really matters, how about you just do this anyway? Yeah. Because it's ridiculous that the NFL does not have lifetime health insurance. And I know I'm, like, very pro-player, but it's just silly. Like, it's a silly conversation to talk about you care about health of the players when that's not a thing. Like, you, you're going to have more health problems five years after you retire than the immediate five years after you retire. Like, right. it's it doesn't even make any sense. So that 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 has to happen. Otherwise, that idea is trash and absolutely should not expand to 17 games. Maybe the uh, expansion of to 17 games is what the NFL needs to make that move for that lifetime insurance. Like, maybe it's, it's got to end up coming hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're, if you're the NFL players – you have to like kind of convince the owners that it's that, that that's their idea. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to explain to 17 games, make this a little bit more money, but right. then also we're going to give you this, which will probably end up canceling each other out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you're going to have to pay for it. But look, just you got to pay for it. It's it's not it's not that expensive. You're making billions and billions of dollars. Right. It's it's a good faith give to give health insurance. Like, it's just crazy. Um, all right. What's next? Uh, it is officially leak season. Anonymous GMs are out and about. Yeah, anonymous GMs uh, leaks about certain teams not wanting certain players. Yeah, that's very good. That's a good. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's that? I don't, I don't know. know. He's a GM. He's got. A, he's got a suit on. Anonymous. Um, yeah, like the Dolphins. Maybe not that interested in Tua. After all, a little more hot on Herbert. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Burrow. He's going through the process. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Raiders offering sixty million to John Brady. Um, what's going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater? The Panthers aren't sure what they're doing about Cam. There's, there's all these like rumors and stuff going on. You can't believe any of it because it's all trickery leading up to the draft. Every, everyone is just like any kind of information you get, you you got to just take with a huge grain of salt. Yeah. Because we don't know what's going on, what's true, what's not true. It's just the season, anonymous GM season. Uh, I'm here for it. I love it. I'll, I'll discuss all of the stories it's, at length. Yeah. But it's all probably nonsense because it's, it's the opposite is probably going to happen with 90% of these stories because that's just how it goes. Um, all right, what's next? Uh, Floyd Mayweather versus LeBron James, male athlete of the decade. Yeah, so Mayweather was, was really upset. LeBron got male athlete of the decade. Mayweather wasn't even in the top five. Male athletes of the decade, which was the correct. I think that's appropriate. Yeah, it, it, it was that way. So he retired from boxing, obviously, with a perfect 50-0 record. He fought nine times in the decade, which included uh, he was 8-0 in, in the title fights. And his final fight was August of 2017, obviously, against McGregor. So the last half of the decade, he fought Pacquiao out of his prime One. and McGregor, who's not a boxer and it was in 2017 so the last three years of the decade you didn't even fight oh man so how can you possibly be considered the best 
athlete of the decade. Why? Because you didn't lose? He technically didn't, but I mean, I mean so what? <laughs> like, it's uh, you fought you fought ten times. Right, like, what, right. what what is that? Twice in five years. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just it's not even it's not even really a conversation, and it's not a diss to, to Mayweather. He has an incredible career, an incredible record, greatest defensive boxer of all time. Some would argue the greatest boxer of all time. I wouldn't agree, but I do think he's the, he's obviously legendary, and you can't argue with his record. But come on, like LeBron is the is the male athlete of the decade. It's not even a conversation. You can somewhat argue Brady, and most people would not. Brady's obviously seconds, but definitely not Mayweather. And and there's other guys who you put above him too. Oh, I yeah. mean, uh, Usain Bolt. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what what is the swimmer guys? Switch. Uh, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Yep. Yeah. Like I mean, it's just there's there's so many more. If you want to go overall athlete, Serena's over you too. Oh yeah. Simone Biles is over you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's easy. The, the, there's the list goes on. So it's it's. It's not a diss. It's just not reality. Like you have to take consider the entire decade when you're talking about this, and you got to pick and choose your opponents. Yeah, that's not an option. No, for that guy. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You could maybe even argue McGregor over over him. To be honest with you, even yeah. if he, he's been lost because he carried that sport. But anyway, not not you. It's LeBron. <laughs> All right, T, what's in the Amigos Culture Report? All right, so Dwayne Wade, uh, he's on a media tour right now and talking about his 12-year-old now daughter, Zaya, how she now identifies as a straight transgender, and previously her name her name was Z- Zion, but now she's going by Zaya. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I love this story. I love that Gabby and him are doing such a great job with her and supporting her and this isn't really too new because this she came out yeah a few months ago and wade and and gabrielle were very upfront about you know that they were going to support her and what the conversation was and now wade is just kind of talking about it more openly went on ellen and talked about it i think it's a really important thing and it's a good conversation to have especially around the sports community where let's be honest there's a lot of toxic masculinity and kind of some backwards thinking on diversity and he's just out front with it and just showing like what a great supportive parent is and what kind of relationship and family dynamic you can have when you just support your children and let them be who they are now obviously they're being met with a little resistance within the community For sure i think that's but it's kind expected. of an underselling of today's occurrence <laughs> but yeah it is expected unfortunately but yeah. that's the reason why he's doing it like the, there's obviously that conversation of like is it smart to be out here so publicly with her and putting you know her in this position where she's so out there and discuss but that's why it's important because they do have that strong family dynamic and they are able to have those conversations and help educate people and you know move the conversation forward about what it is to support a child who is his going through this kind of transition which is obviously very hard publicly and then within school and in society so i'm, I'm happy to see it and especially around the you know the sports community i think it's i think it's a great thing they should definitely be commended for it so i'm happy it's happening yeah, one thing Dwayne said was that a lot of parents put their hopes and their fears in, in their children. And so I think with him wanting to speak about this, it's because there's a lot of people out there that can relate, that right. have kids around this age that's going through this exact same thing and don't know what to do, don't know how to handle it. And it, that's afraid that people are going to judge them or they're going to get teased and things like that. Well, um, yeah. And I mean, I, look, it's it's easy to talk about it when you're not in that situation. Sure. But the reality is like being afraid of what you're 
child or what your friend or what your family member is going through like life is hard yeah so yeah i mean it's it's always going to be that way for everyone and it's especially harder for people who aren't accepted and when you put your own expectations on what they should be it makes it even harder for them so uh, I'm just happy he's he's supporting her and it, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a good situation all around to help educate people. All right. What's next? All right. So speaking of Dwayne Wade, um, Common opened up the All-Star Game with the tribute to the city of Chicago and Kobe Bryant. Um, it was such a beautiful, beautiful performance. And um, he actually made Dwayne cry a little. I know. It, it was, was really it was really sweet. It was yeah, very emotional. I loved how they incorporated so much of the city of Chicago into the whole weekend's. Um, a lot of Chicago celebrities there, obviously Common, Chance the Rapper, uh, performing. But, you know, Common is legendary and yes. he's 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 built for this. So yeah, <laughs> he, he did is. the whole introduction and all of the all-star introductions, each with their own unique rhyme. It was very impressive. But, yeah, it was it was cool to see them give a little nod to Wade, who's who's getting his jersey retired this weekend in Miami, too. So mm -hmm. uh, and like I said earlier, it, it kind of really felt like a family like an NBA family weekends. It did. More so than usual. And a lot of that obviously had to do with Kobe, but yeah, yeah it was an emotional, a little emotional moment for Wade. It was. I don't, I don't know for you, but for me it was like hard. Well, I don't know. I felt like a little sad when he was just like, even in the darkest times, you'll still feel Kobe's light. When he said that, that just, I was like, oh, just kind of reminding yeah. me all I mean, you could feel again. Kobe throughout the whole, for sure. the whole weekends and all of the festivities, everything that was going on. Like it was, yeah. there was an imprint of that for sure. So, yeah. All right. So um, Shaka Khan, she uh, sang the Star Spangled Banner at the game. Um, she sang at the game. OK, <laughs> listen, everyone's coming for Shaka and comparing like her to Shaka. Fergie. And honestly, I can't with the disrespect yeah. of comparing Shaka to Fergie. And look, I like Fergie, but let's be serious. Shaka Khan is an absolute legend. She and is. Fergie could never, all right? And I love <laughs> Fergie, but Fergie could never. And everyone just, just, look, everybody doesn't, you don't have to have an opinion about everything, all right? Yeah. Shaka is Shaka. Shaka going to sing the national anthem however Shaka wants to sing the national anthem. And you're going to sit there and you're going to listen to Shaka. And that's all there is to it. <laughs> and that's why I said I'm not going to hear any Shaka slander. I don't want to hear it. I, I, all these young people always got to have an opinion about everything, okay? You don't got to have an opinion about everything. Shaka Khan sang the national anthem. You can go about your day. Yeah. Please. I mean, we all know that Shaka can sing. She hits high notes. But, you know, I mean, to each his own. But she's a legend, so however she wants to Some people it. are above reproach. <laughs> and Shaka Khan is just one of those people. I'm sorry. You, you could never, and your career could never, and you could never, and your mama could never, and neither could your cousins ever, any of you. And so some people, to me, are just like, you, you're you just above criticism, and Shaka Khan is just one of those people, all right? Yeah. She's just, it's just not for you. It's not for you to have an opinion about this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's how I feel about it. You don't have to like it. Shaka gonna do what she wants to do. It's like when Aretha sang like the six minute long national anthem. Uh, Miss Aretha Franklin is gonna sing her national anthem for as long as she wants to sing it. And you're gonna sit there and when she's done singing, we're gonna play this football game. And that's all there is to it. There's nothing else to say. Do you have a problem? You could leave. Goodbye. We'll still be sitting here 25 minutes from now listening to Miss Aretha Franklin sing. That's all there is to it. This is Detroit. We're just gonna sit here. She's gonna wear her, she's gonna wear her, her fur. That's it. There's just, that's how I feel about Shaka Khan. That's all there is to it. You don't have to like it. Nobody asked you. Agreed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Joy is spoken. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Ch Chance the Rapper um, halftime performance. Y'all know this was 12 minutes long? Well, yeah. <sighs> 
So, I mean, look, I, I liked it. I thought he did a great job. I he thought did. all of it. Yeah, I did. I don't again, like, why does everybody have to be so critical of everything? Why does everything have to ha be so extra? Like, they did. it was Chance the Rapper. He got a nice, nice performance. It was a nice ode to Kobe. I didn't think it was a little strange Kanye wasn't out there, but, yeah. you know, Kanye probably wanted some floating clouds or, like, an elephant or something, and they were like, well, we don't have time for all that, okay? We, we, we can't redesign the arena <laughs> for your performance. Um, no. So, we can't drop glitter from the sky. They have to finish playing the game. I don't know what Kanye asked for or if they asked him at all. But it did feel a little strange. Like, didn't it? Like, yeah. He's, he's, I, I expected like two I just expected him to walk on stage and like sing a note. Right. I would have appreciated to see Kanye. Yeah. But, but we got Wayne, so. No, I thought it was I thought it was fun. <laughs> I thought all of the performances were fun. I even yeah. liked Dame on Saturday night. Yeah. I like Dame's album. I thought it was like his his performance got a little bit of mixed reviews. I thought he did great. But I also think it would have been different had he also been playing too. Because he yeah. did get injured and he wasn't in the three point contest and he wasn't in the game. So I think that kind of played a little bit into it too but I thought all of the entertainment for the whole weekend was done really well I, th I mean the NBA does culture and entertainment at the highest sure. level so I thought all of it was fun yeah and even uh, Wayne came out with the uh, Dame as well yeah. by the way his leather jacket whatever he has on was fire it said Black Mamba on the back that one the Balenciaga one mm -hmm. yeah oh, I didn't see that I saw his pants I thought I saw his Kobe pants Oh, I didn't see the okay, back yeah. of the Balenciaga uh, jacket. Okay. Oh, no, I said Mamba Forever. Yeah, Mamba Forever. Nice. That I love nice. Booker's hoodie was nice as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, anything else? Um, nope, that's it for All-Star. Oh, last but not least, so um, Joy. Yes. So you made some headlines. Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> so Caffeine, if you guys don't know, it's an interactive broadcast platform for sports, esports, entertainment. And it was just announced that um, they're launching a live interactive show with Fox Sports, Joyce Taylor. And Joy Chat will air weekly um, on Wednesdays at 12.30 Pacific Standard Time and 3.30 Eastern Time. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you. I'm very excited. It's tomorrow is our debut show. Caffeine TV is a live streaming platform, so it was uh, it kind of came to be with a lot of gamers, but now we're putting a lot more original content on it. I actually hosted Juju Smith-Schuster's Madden tournament from South Beach on oh, our, our FS1 sets down in Miami, which was really fun, and he does uh, Catch and Dubs with Juju, so you should check that show out as well. Um, Offset also has a show. So tomorrow, Wednesdays, it'll be Wednesdays once a week. Yes. 12.30 Pacific, 3.30 Eastern. Um, it's very interactive. So get on the platform. You can. It's called Joy Chat for a reason. So we're going to talk with viewers. You can leave your comments. We'll go back and forth. And it's basically kind of a condensed version of the podcast. We'll cover a lot of cultural, trending, entertainment stories, and obviously sports-centric. But I'm very excited about it, and I hope you guys will check it out. And don't worry, we're still doing the podcast. But, you know, just a, just a little announcement, and hope you'll join us tomorrow. And they can watch it on caffeine.tv caffeine or, download or download the app. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Congrats. Thanks. All right. Thanks for joining us today on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Make sure you check us out Wednesday at 1230 for Joy Chat on Caffeine TV. You can watch at caffeine.tv or download the Caffeine TV app and check it out. It's a live interactive show, so you can um, comment. We'll respond back to you. You really are a part of the show on Caffeine TV, so it's pretty cool. That's at 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, iHeartMedia app, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and also on YouTube. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Uh.